one of our five-year goals, I put it on my vision board is to actually give a property away. You know, I don't know what that looks like, but I'd love to, we'd love to just give a property, like donate a property. I'm not sure what that looks like yet, but that's cool. That's, it's even better than like, you know, giving a check. It's like, you're giving a property and maybe to probably be woman focused just because of my passion. I'll never forget that day when I asked myself the question, is this it? Is this all there is to strive for in life? That day, I set out on a journey to find more. Now, I am sitting down with the most fulfilled to teach us the tools and tips they use to get there so we can do it faster. Think different, earn different, live fulfilled. This is Contrarian Cashflow. Welcome in Contrarian Cashflow. Today, I've got Liz Faircloth with me today. Liz, how are you doing? I'm doing great, John. Thanks so much for having me on your show. Yeah, absolutely. Excited for this conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. So for those of you that don't know, Liz, along with her husband, Matt, are co-founders of the DeRosa Group, a former management consultant for quite a few Fortune 500 organizations, as well as the co-host of the Real Estate Invest Her podcast, and above all else, a loving mother and wife. So Liz, what do you guys got in the funnel right now? Yeah, you know, think like everyone, right? You, you, we did a lot of evaluating. We were, we had, we were in the mode of just like everyone last year when the pandemic hit, just, okay, how do we make sure our tenants pay, you know, and all those sort of things um, where everyone else was very nervous and, you know, those, those sort of things. We, you know, we did very well during that time. We, we kind of kept our own. We actually bought our largest acquisition to date, which was a 336 unit in, in North Carolina. Um, so we, you know, we grew more than we ever had as well and also maintained our portfolio at the same time. And something that we're working through right now is we're really trying to think like long-term, we've, you know, we've been doing this for 15 years. So you start to say, okay, what do we want to, you know, own long-term and what do we, you know, cause we're in a lot of projects that are, uh, with, with a lot of other investors, right? So that's a little bit of a shorter time frame. You're not holding it for 20 years, an apartment complex, you're holding it for probably three to five years or seven years, depending on what you agree on with your investors. So We've been doing a lot of soul searching. We're actually in the process of selling a lot of local property and buying, you know, where, you know, we're kind of growing, which is more like the Southeast or at least the East Coast. Uh, one property we're looking at, I think we're our best and final is, is on, you know, is in Baltimore, actually, which we have family at. So, you know, we're growing on one hand. We're also trying to get focused and also just say, okay, what do we need to do differently uh, with, with a lot of our initial purchases and our, our initial kind of acquisitions? So we have Right now, we're actually selling quite a bit, which is in New Jersey, and uh, holding a few strategic uh, properties. But we're selling, we're selling. We have one under contract, a portfolio and a contract. Um, and personally, we're actually looking to dive into the vacation rental uh, arena. We never owned any vacation rentals. We've we've been very focused on multifamily, and because we own a lot with investors, my husband and I were like, "Wouldn't it be nice to own uh, more properties?" Just him and I get back to that, which we kind of started, and then a lot of what our our growth has been was with with others, which which is wonderful. And we love growing and being able to build wealth along with others. But it'd be nice to have a few legacy properties that we can leave to our kids, and we don't have to sell, you know, three to five years to get a get an investor return. So that's one of my personal projects this year. I'm kind of leading that. My husband's very involved in our multifamily business. So that that's what's going on from a real estate perspective. Yeah, just a couple things, right? <laughs> well, well, one of the perspectives that you just brought up that I really appreciate about yourself and, and just listening to you talk in interviews previously is kind of about the iterations and how you kind of, you know, reinvent yourself as time goes on. And just because something may be the right thing today doesn't necessarily mean in, in years from now, it has to be the same way. So yeah. 
I'd really like to kind of go in through the journey because, you know, you have a master's degree from UPenn. Matt has an advanced degree as well. So how'd you guys go from these, you know, great scholastic backgrounds, corporate careers, and now you're obviously doing some very exceptional things within real estate? Yeah, you know, in, in both of our backgrounds, it's interesting because I, I I thought about this recently and sometimes you don't really realize that that you don't always realize the steps that are made along your path that really are meaningful, but they actually make a big difference until you look back and go, oh, that was really helpful at that moment because had that not got introduced to me, I would have not shifted or what have you. So what I mean by that is, you know, myself and my husband were, were you know, born and raised in very stable working you know, working class, middle class families. We're very appreciative of that because I think that's where our work ethic comes in. That's where our, at least that's where my frugalness comes in. My husband's probably more of a spender, but but regardless, where our kind of ethic and just like being able to like just you know make things happen and do whatever it takes and not quit and all the lessons that you know you you really become appreciative of. You don't even realize you're getting as a kid, but as an adult, when you're kind of faced with it, right? You're like, no, we're not giving up. And there was multiple times over our 15 years that we wanted to give up quite honestly, because there were some really tough things that have happened over the years. So long story short, when I was in graduate school, I was getting my degree in social work and I wanted to open a practice. I wanted to be a you know a therapist, if you will. And someone said, in order to do that, go get your master's degree in social work, become licensed. And that's the kind of simplest, easiest way to become, you know, open your own practice. So I didn't want to open my practice from an entrepreneurial perspective. I just wanted to create, you know, help people and create a space to do that. So during that time, my brother-in-law handed me Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I'm like, what's this? You know, and I like personal growth books. So I was reading different books. I was really into that space. And um, I read it and my eyes were just like opened. And I'm like, wow, I never even heard of passive income. I never heard of, I never heard of a lot of the terms that he uses in that book. Um, and I know I sound naive, but it just wasn't in our, wasn't in my sphere of context, you know? So I gave it to my husband. My husband, people think my husband got me into investing and it's the other way around. We really got into it together. Like we started together and it really was a kind of, you know, we bought our first property when we were a boyfriend, girlfriend, which I don't really suggest to anyone, but we did. We, my father loaned us money. God bless him, loaned my then boyfriend and me money. But long story short, I mean, I, I think those little moments. And then when I was at graduate school, I was at Wharton, which I was not Wharton. I was at Penn and at Penn is one of the best business schools. Now I was getting my degree in social work. And because I got started to get intrigued with, with this idea of entrepreneurship and all the things that, you know, Kiyosaki talks about in that book, and I started to read more books, I'm like, let me take an entrepreneur class, you know? And I never even thought about business. I was an undergrad. I was a psych major. I just liked people. I liked helping them. I, I didn't even think about, or I had any interest in business. So that was really hard to do. And when you're in a graduate degree program and you want to take a different class in a different program, it actually is, was very hard to, to figure out. It wasn't just as like take an extra class. It was like an act of God, seriously, to get this done. And I remember just like, I'm going to take this class. I'm not going to be at war, never to school again. So long story short, I took this class and it was very like, everyone's like, what school are you from? Like, I'm from the school of social work. <laughs> They're like, what are you doing here? You know, I'm like, I'm just intrigued. You know, I want to learn a little bit. So I actually created a business plan to support women in um, that had a variety of different issues, different things that they needed support with. But I created a woman led and women focused organization. That was 20 years ago, right? So now fast forward, and that's what I'm doing today with my partner, Andressa. But why I share that is that was a moment where I took that class that this whole new thing was opened up in me. I didn't act on it initially. My husband and I kind of took different steps. He quit his job first when we got married. Then I quit my job about 
twice <laughs> and I went back, but for good, it was about, you know, seven years ago. So, you know, we have had different moments in different times and we didn't just both quit our jobs at the same time. My husband did it. I enjoyed what I was doing. I kept working in corporate. And then I got to the point where it was time. Actually, it was twice. One, The first time it was a disaster. It was in 2008. And then the second time was 2013 when when I we had a little more of our bearings and a little more of knowing what we were doing. So um, a long story, but that's, uh, that's what you asked. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Well, and it's interesting with your background starting in social work and then blending now into the real, inve- real estate investor mm-hmm. and a lot of the things you guys are doing at your properties, you know, it is pretty cool. So where did that come from? Was that just something, was the social work something that was just kind of within you growing up that was where you, the direction you really wanted to take yourself professionally or where did it come from that you wanted to do that as a passion and a career? Well, we know it's really funny. Um, and let's share this. I don't know if I've shared this on any podcast before, but when I was a kid, you know, they say between seven and 12 years, when people are really trying to figure out what their passions are, people say go back to when you were seven to 12 years old, because there's something that happened, something you did, something you gravitated towards during that time that would have like a spark of interest or a spark of like passion. And um, you hear people say, yeah, when I was seven, I was, and I used to, I, I sold things. I sold gum on the bus and I, you know, I sold it for a profit. It wasn't like this big business of mine. I ended up getting shut down because, you know, I supposed to sell things when you're, when you're 10, but I, that was interesting, right? That that happened. The other interesting thing happened. Um, and I just had this on, you know, just popped in my head was I used to, I was the youngest of three girls and I grew up in an Italian family. It was just a busy family. You know, it, it was a great home, but we were all close to each other. It wasn't like one of us is in one section of the house, right? Usually like an amoeba, you're all together. So my parents used to tell me that when I was a kid, in that time frame, seven to 12 years old, I used to spend a lot of time in the bathroom. And they're like, you weren't going to the bathroom. You were just in the bathroom a lot. And, and you were talking to people. I'm like, was there something wrong with me? Like, what was I doing? And they said, no, you used to, um, you used to talk to people and help them. And just literally just talk to people for whatever reason, that was like this little safe space for you to help people. Cause you always liked helping people. You always liked connecting with them and you did it. it obviously it was invisible people. It wasn't like real people. Um, people are going to be listening to this podcast, John, be like, what is this whack job talking about? But I tell you that because now, I mean, I loved always helping people. And that was my way of doing that when I was a kid. And that's what I love doing now. And I'm many, many years later. Right. So so yeah, I was always interested in helping people and, and I was a psych major. I loved learning about why people did what they did. And then I decided to, to wanting to become a counselor and that my first job after that was actually my corporate work was actually doing team buildings and I worked with a personality assessment. So I actually used all my kind of interests, but I did it in the corporate world and helped other companies put the right teams together. So I love analyzing people. I love figuring people out. Um, but yeah, seven to 12 years, people who don't know what their passion is, look back in that time frame, and there was something that happened for you that could give you some insight. What great advice. And I mean, especially being a parent now myself too, right? Getting to see your children as they grow up and kind of yeah. see, you were kind of kidding to yourself about talking to yourself, but I know my youngest yeah. is always talking to herself in her, in her bedroom, doing, doing different things and stuff. Yeah, and like so she's, it's, it's a great perspective. Help her. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So obviously you guys had taken the business, right? So you said you kind of, you know, you worked through it, Matt quit first, then you quit. Mm-hmm. What was that process like? Cause I mean, obviously, you know, for a lot of people that are listening, I think that's the challenge, right? You know, they, they probably yeah. have dual income spouse household, but you know, one of them may be more inclined for the entrepreneurial side. One may yeah. like the safety a little bit more, but you yeah. guys had to be on the same page from a mindset and a mentality perspective to know that this is inherently risky, right? You guys have yeah. these 
great careers and, you know, trying to go down this additional path. So, so what was that process like? And what was the communication like between you and Matt during that time? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, we, we started and we were very naive, right? To be perfectly frank. I think that kind of helped (laughs) when you, when you get a little older and you have a family and there's a lot, a lot of people like that need things from you, you know, then you can't be just, oh, I'm naive, right? There's just, there's no space for that. So not saying that that's right or wrong, but that, you know, starting in our twenties and starting when we had nothing and there was not much to lose was in some ways a little easier, sometimes a little scarier because you don't know what you don't know and you're green and you just kind of wing it quite honestly. And that got us into trouble at times when we started, but we both shared, I'll I'll just share with you what we both, we both shared the, the quality of wanting more for our lives. So when we got together and we met, we were about an hour and a half from each other. And, you know, we were in our 20s. Most couples that get together and they're they're dating, they're going out to like dinners and clubs and having fun with a b- bunch of people and parties. Like Matt and I used to get together and like talk about our like future and like write up business plans, like complete dorks. You know, we got to, we had fun and we had friends, of course. We're not like complete wackos, but, but we would. We would get together and like play cash flow, the game, and or go to like, you know, RIA meetings all day on a Saturday. That's what we did our weekends together. Um, once we said, okay, let's let's get into real estate. So, you know, we didn't do what most people did. And I think that's always a really good thing. You know, are you doing what most people are doing? Like, how do you observe the masses and do the opposite? Um, you know, I, I'm not saying it's it's not impossible to do it when you have a family. You just have to be, you have to be, you have to be able to make some different decisions and say, okay, what do I really value and how do we shift? The other big thing, and I think this is applicable regardless of where you are on the, you know, continuum, is that we we lived below our means. So when we moved and we got married, it was the same time that Matt quit his job. And we said, okay, one of us is going to quit our job. And we were looking at homes and looking at different houses and, you know, thinking about most people like my friends were moving into these like really pretty single family homes and, you know, starting their quote unquote life, you know, is, is what, whatever life looks like, but most people, you know, script out, right? Like, the, you know, the white picket the fence, life yep. that everyone wants, <laughs> who knows? So at that point, you know, with what he was making, what I was about to be making, um, and the job that I chose wasn't a social work job. It was like a corporate sales job because I knew that I wanted to be better in sales and, and it was great content to learn that I can apply to my own business one day too. So that was a very strategic move to go down that path than the social work. For my husband, he's like, you know, I'm kind of done. I can really, you know, I really want to jump in full time. I said, great, I'll keep working. And we decided to move into a home that I said, Matt, God forbid you do nothing and make nothing. And this is a complete failure. I know I can handle our mortgage. So we really live below our means. And, and we had a choice. Like we could have probably afforded twice the house, but we didn't. We, and, we, and we lived in that home, not for like a year. We lived in the home uh, for 10 years. So it was a long time. We decided to put our money and our energy into building a business versus, you know, and we, you know, we went on vacation. We weren't, we didn't live extravagant lives. We really didn't. Um, so that was something that we, I'm so grateful for, because I don't, I don't know if we would have been able to do what we did had that not happened. And had we just said, oh, let's just go get the bigger house. We just moved. My, my son is seven. We moved three years ago. And we're in a single, <laughs> we're in the house that we, we could have bought, you know, like 15 years ago. But we also, in that time, built a business and, and we're able to do what we wanted to do and and everything. And my husband and I just talked about last night. And he said, you know, the more money people make, they end up moving into bigger homes. And I said, oh, I don't want to move into a bigger home. I love our home. I love our home. I don't want to I'll buy, I want to buy more property, <laughs> but I don't want to. Okay. So you always have to know what your values are. And I think 
in some ways it changes. In some ways, we are the same people that started, you know, 15 years ago, value wise, you know, so I don't know if that answers, but I think him and I were always on the same page. Now, how we got there and how we did things, we had very different personalities. We had, you know, my husband, my husband, he always says, like, my, sometimes you have to mature when you start your own business. And some people come into this, they're like, they're already entrepreneurs. They're already business people. They jump right in and then they have like a thousand units in like two years. You know, those, those kinds of people. That was not us. That was not our trajectory. Like we grew very slowly and steady. And um, I think we had to also mature and we had to learn and we had to grow because, you know, you start something with, with no knowledge and no money and no anything. Not that we were morons, but you, you do, you're in your twenties. You just like, Oh, what's the worst that can happen? A lot <laughs> can actually happen. You know? So you have to like, you have to be mindful of where you are, what you want, and then just keep working on it and keep shifting. Cause that's what we did. And um, we've never lived above our means ever. We don't today. We didn't then. That's super powerful. And I think that's a struggle that so many people have. And I know, I know a lot of people don't love the the millionaire next door book, but it's mm-hmm. one of my favorites. Just yeah, not necessarily. Book. I mean, of course, I'm more of an abundant mindset person, yep. right? You know, I'm not like, hey, you want to live miserably, but but to your point around being able to live below your means. And I think that's what really people want before they start trying to go down this entrepreneurial path or even investing in general they need to make sure that they're able to live below their means. And what are they willing to sacrifice, right? Like you talked about. And fortunately for my wife and I, we're in the same position. You know, we have a beautiful house, right? If we lived here for the next 15 or 20 years, it, it really would make no difference to us. You know, obviously mm-hmm. we would hope the tax value remained the same because yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not looking to sell anytime soon. Right. Um, but I think that that's such an important point. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate because we didn't have as direct of the conversations as, as you guys had, you know, it sounded like this was over years and you guys kind of really were going back and forth and having these in-depth conversations. And, um, you know, we kind of jumped in a little bit faster and it just so happened that we did have the same financial understanding and background. You know, she's comfortable wearing clothes from Target or Walmart just as much as she is from, you know, a nice place or whatever. And, you know, to me, she looks just as good. You know, it doesn't really matter, right? It's not the, it doesn't have to be the nice stuff. And same thing with the cars, you know, we're more than comfortable, you know, driving the same car for 10 years, you know, whatever it is, it gets us from point A to point B, as long as the kids are safe. And I just think that's such an important point for people that are trying to go down this path that get stuck sometimes is you have to understand it's a journey and it's a process. You know, and and yeah. and that's why I respect your guys' journey so much because I'm more of the slow and steady type, right? You know, I'd rather be conservative. I'd rather make sure that I kind of understand everything before just jumping headfirst. You know, and that's I think smart. especially in the market that we're in now, I think that's a lot of risk that operators and folks are running into. Is it's easy to say, hey, you know, over the last couple of years, valuations have just gone up astronomically, right? So you can't lose yeah. right now, right? You're jumping without a parachute and you're just like, hey, I yeah. got this. It's going to work itself out. So no, I really appreciate you sharing that. So so you talked about with you and Matt working together, you know, kind of you guys being able to, you know, manage separate parts of the business. So so what what's your recommendation to the audience if they are looking to partner with a spouse or work with a spouse within a business so that they can make sure that, that they're ma- not only the business stays intact, but obviously their marriage does as well. How much time do you have, John? <laughs> no, I'm joking. But really, I that's a really big topic, right? I mean, so I'll say this: there, there's things that you want to, there's things you want to be different with in terms of in, when you're. This is any partner, quite honestly, not just your spouse. But spouse could get a little trickier, right? Because there's Matt and I didn't come together because we we wanted to buy real estate. That's not why we got married. It, it all happened at the same time for us, but you know, we had a lot of fun together. We knew what our core was. 
And we still have a lot of fun together most of the time. You also want to wring his neck or he wants to wring mine, you know, you know, being married 15 years, you kind of get a little, a little nutty with each other. But, you know, I think, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think early on, and I'll tell you, we've worked together successfully over the years, John. And then there's moments that it, it even took Matt to say, we're going to get a divorce if we don't change something. So we've like really had, it was like there. And, and now we, we really are, we do a lot. We have a lot of thrivingness to, to working together. We know what our limits are. That's number one. Not every married couple can work together, talk about work all the time. Like we really know what our limits are. And I'm we work together very strategically now. I'm not in the day-to-day business. I was in the day-to-day business, but strategically it works that he has his team. I have my space. That's why I love real estate invest her, not just because I love our mission and I love supporting women, but it's also my space. My husband's not involved in our business unless we're, you know, bouncing ideas off each other. So over the years, we really realized how important it is to have our own space but also come together. Like we have a once a month meeting. We have it this week. We're going to talk about our finances. We're going to talk about certain things in the business. He's going to brief me on, or we're going to talk about because I have ideas. So I'm involved, but I'm not involved day to day. When I was involved day to day, it just didn't work for me and him. No matter what we did, no matter how we tried. I mean, literally him and I go into the same office together, especially when we work from home, we started. It was like crazy. It was nuts. It was like, I didn't know where my life started and his ended. And it was, it wasn't good. And, and it was like the, the market just crashed, right? 2008. So this wasn't like the best time that we were going through it. And from an economy perspective, plus we were like all in together. So what helped us move through that and what helps us today is not only to know what your limits are and what's working, what's good for the two of you, but we have a very, very common like shared value set. So we really share the same values. I think that's really critical. So we are more of like, put the time in now and reap the benefits later kind of people. Um, Sometimes to a detriment, right? Because sometimes you're involved in something. You're like, I don't know what, sometimes we, it's too long, right? Sometimes you're like, okay, this should be producing a little bit faster. But we had that same delayed gratification kind of value. We value building something that is bigger than the two of us. We value helping people. We value not giving up. And and also working on ourselves, because as we've grown the business, we've had to grow ourselves and we had to grow our marriage. There's a lot of pieces there. And that's not like the easiest thing to do all the time, because you're not just working on yourself. You're working on a marriage or working on a business like things are happening. Kids are being born. Right. So and for many years, we didn't have kids for the first eight years of our marriage. We didn't have kids, not because of our business. We just it wasn't it just wasn't something we both wanted at the time, to be honest with you. And then something kind of shifted and we I'm so grateful that we have kids, but we had them later. You know, we were focused on our business for the first many years. So to answer your question very simplistically is I think the shared values, shared goals, like shared, where do you want to be in five years? We've always been on the same page. And that's what it's helped us align, even though we have different ways of approaching things. Where you want diversity is is two different personality styles. I came from teaching people about personality strengths and differences, and I can go off on that tangent. But you know, you really want people who are different. You got you want the analytical person with the people person. You want the risk taker with the cautious person. You want the jump in and figure it out person with the hold on, hold on, hold on. What are we doing? You really need all those types of people. And with your spouse, you have to really honor that. So you have to come from a different skill set. You have to come from a different like personality and and really divide and conquer and not get into each other's things and stuff. Um, when we butted heads, it's usually for those reasons. Plus, it was really helpful for me as a mom, as a, as a wife, as a woman to have something that was just mine. I was doing consulting for 10 years. That was my business. Matt wasn't involved. Then I come back into the business 
even if I was involved kind of peripherally, I had my son, I have, I ended my work with my consulting work. And then I'm like, wow, now I'm just working with Matt with the new baby. Like, no offense. That wasn't like, I felt very like I didn't have an identity as I didn't have a place. It, it wasn't mine, you know, and some women need that. Some women don't. I did. So that's where I was like, okay, I love what we're doing, but what is my passion also? And that's at the same time, me and Andressa kind of came together as friends and business partners and decided to launch what we're launching now, which is quite honestly help, helps me so much have the same conversation, have conversations with Matt where we can support each other, but not know everything about everything what's going on. It's just too intense. Some people have that. You have married couples who literally work together every day and love it. I, that wasn't, that didn't ever work great for us, but we do work together, you know, and we do are involved in each other's businesses. And I'm very involved in DeRosa. I know what's going on, uh, but I'm not involved in the day to day. Yeah. Well, no, I appreciate your honesty and transparency yeah. sharing some of that stuff. And I think that's, you know, back to the communication and the reinventing yourself, right? I mean, you said it came to the point where you said, Hey, we can't continue to go on this way. You <laughs> know, we're, we're coming, yeah. we're coming to a, a potential collision. And the fact that yeah. you guys were able to work through that and then kind of find that out because I think just in any, like you said, in any partnership, in any business, there's always going to be some friction, right? You know, you, I mean, that's just human nature, right? We're never going to, we're never going to be get yeah. along with everybody hundred percent of the time. And I appreciate your willingness to share that. And I just think one of the points you made there that was so important to me is just that continued level of communication, but having meetings where it's just like, Hey, we're talking about at this point, let's just be a family, you know, and, you know, be spouses, you know, be mom, dad, whatever the case is. But then, you know, Hey, that once a month, Hey, let's sit down, let's go through these things. We can table discussion. We can go through things. And I just love the intentionality of the fact that you guys are going through and saying, okay, you know, we'll talk about it. We can talk about business here, no holds barred, but Hey, then after this, you know, we're moving on and, you know, we'll, we'll kind of just move forward. So I really appreciate that perspective. And that's definitely something I think, you know, if people aren't implementing. I definitely recommend something to that, that regard. And you have to do that on that. You have to do it on that level. And you also have to do it on a personal level. So, you know, him and I schedule a once a month date, you know, where we just, you know, business, how can business not come up? Cause just, you know, something someone's working on, I'm working on this, but that's where you support each other. So, um, you know, for us, we do a month, once a month. And then our new goal this year is to try to do quarterly, like getaways, even if it's one night without the kids, like you have small kids. It's just like, I can't have a conversation with my husband. I have a seven-year-old and a three-year-old like, let, like, let, so it's, and the new thing we're actually implementing, we've done it only once, but I, I want to get more consistent with it is sometimes nighttime's hard. I'm tired. You're just done for the day, you know? Um, we're actually starting, two weeks ago, we got up early, like 6 a.m. I get up early anyway. We, we usually just go work out or do our own thing. But we're coming together and we do like this little devotional. We read like a little prayer together and just talk about, we have like a cup of coffee and have like a little mini date before the kids are up. Um, I'm a morning person, so that's like up my speed. I had to get mad up, but he's like, loves it now too because he's getting up earlier too. And so you have to keep working on like, what do you need in the relationship? Um, some people need more business focus. Some people need to have more fun. It, it just depends on what kind of couple you are and what you need. We never needed help with like talking about business. We needed help more on like, let's just go have fun together. And we do. My, we we are our best. When we're just having fun, me and my husband, just like talking ideas through and just having fun together, that's when we're in our best place. <laughs> when we're like grilling each other or I'm like, what's going on with this? It, it just becomes useless and, and not good conversations. Yeah, no, it's funny you mentioned that because I think that's one thing, and especially last year with COVID was something that my wife and I were trying to be more intentional about too, was, you know, 
the, the monthly dates, but then also the getaways, right? Just so you're yeah. totally, you know, it's not just, hey, you know, for a couple hours in the evening, but we know in the morning we're going to have to wake up, you know, everybody's up awake and, yeah. and there again, right? You know, just a night or two nights or a weekend away. And so I think that's one thing I really appreciate you bringing that up because I think that's so important too, is the business is such an important aspect of life. But at the end of the day, the business is just a vehicle so that we can be living that life that we want, right? If it's, if it's all consuming, then what are we really giving up anyways, right? <laughs> and I think it's priorities, right? John, so if you said, what do we put over? I'm like, we, we've always had that conversation. Our marriage is more important than our business, hands down. That, that we've never like, we've never like, well, which one is it? You know, we were never confused on that. Our marriage is first, comes, our relationship comes before our business. So when we're like, this isn't working, okay, how do we shift this so we can keep our marriage fulfilled? Because, you know, nothing really matters if you don't have that and, and you're not enjoying each other's company, you know? Um, that's why for us, having our own little nook and having our own focuses has been really uh, fulfilling and helpful, keeping us kind of energized as well. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. So, well, I, I really want to dig on a, on the real estate investor and you know where it came from and where the idea came from. So, you know, how did that come about? And I mean, just tell us about it. I'm really excited to hear hear more about it. Yeah. So, my at the time about three years ago, um, yeah, it's exactly three years because we're coming up on our three year anniversary for our podcast, which is crazy. Um, my it was you know my friend Andres and I at the time uh, were you know what's interesting there is like any relationship, you kind of become friends. It's like anything, right? You start, you start getting to know each other and your level of integrity. And, um, and I was, we, my husband and I were looking to flip properties in Philadelphia and we weren't really, we knew we, we needed a local partner because we didn't live in Philadelphia. It's, you know, every neighborhood in Philadelphia is different in terms of what work, what works, what doesn't, you got to know your numbers. You got to move quick. Every block is different. So we found somehow Andressa on Bigger Pockets, which is super cool, and reached out to her and said, hey, we'd love to have, you know, we'd love to connect. On some level, we had a conversation, then we met her and her husband at the time for our coffee. That, that was like six years ago. And so we started a friendship, really like this, just a really neat, neat conversations. People, you're like, all right, this is good, good people, you know? And, um, and her and I at the same time started a women's mastermind. So even at that time, we said, it'd be cool to get a group of women together, wherever they are. And we do like a Skype call at the time is Skype. Zoom wasn't even really anything. Um, and then we'll just support each other. And, and, you know, that that's still actually going on that group. So anyway, long story short, we then said, let's start partnering on deals. We would just support each other, but we're like, there was an opportunity to actually partner. So we partnered on a handful of projects, flips and new construction in Philadelphia together. Um, you know, just work really well together. And, uh, and then, you know, over those times of like meeting a realtor or just whatever it was going on, talking about the projects, Andres and I would be talking about it. Like, you know, there's not a lot of groups for women, you know, and just supporting women. And, and wouldn't it be cool to like, as we need things or can give things, it'd be really cool to, to get a group of women together, wherever you are in your journey, whether you're starting out or whether you're scaling or pivoting or building a team, right? There's always a new something to figure out no matter where you are in your, your journey. And we Googled it and just like, just couldn't find anything. Uh, There's a lot of RIA meetings and they were great, but they always had a different feel. Um, you know, I love men. I work well with men, but, you know, they network differently, right? And, and women network differently. And, um, you know, we just, we knew that it would be really neat to have a space for women to come together. And so we said, let's start with a, let's start with a podcast. You know, if no one listens to it, then we'll interview some amazing women because that's what our goal was. And Early on, when a good friend of mine said, you know, Liz, you're going to run out of women to interview. It's just not a lot of women investors. I said, 
I don't think I'm going to run out of women to an interview. He goes, well, I hope you don't, you know, good luck. Good luck with that. And, you know, 160 episodes later, I haven't run out of women to interview. So there's a ton of women investing. Uh, Women just do their own thing. So we created a space and an opportunity for women to come together. We started as a passion. So we started with a podcast and then we started a Facebook community. We have about 6,000 women now in that group today, about two years later, um, women just putting up questions and supporting each other and could continue the conversation from the podcast. Um, we didn't even start an LLC uh, until about a year ago because we were just like, this is, we love this and this is our passion. And then women would come to us and say, Hey, can you do this or do that? And we're like, I don't want to just put out a, we didn't want to be like everyone else. Quite honestly, it's like, you know, there's a lot of coaches, a lot of training programs. There's a lot of everything out there. And it's just like, if we're going to do something, it's got to be different and it's got to be really needed and like one of a kind. So that's what we kind of embarked on about a year and a half ago and put it together slowly. We just launched our membership about uh, last, I guess, November, last November. So it's fairly recent. Uh, and we have about a hundred members in our, our community where we're doing like dripped content um, for, for a variety of women along the financial freedom path. And whether they're starting out or they're scaling or they're financially free and just looking to protect their assets, we put out like monthly content. We have masterclasses, we have masterminds, we have mentorship, but like everything women have said they've wanted, um, not too overwhelming, but just enough content and really community over content is what we're up to is creating this powerful group of women who can give and get and um, help other women too. So we're really excited about that. We published a book last year. So a lot of Growth things have been happening. The only one in the room, um, and we're going to be publishing uh, another book this year for women by women. And um, we have meetups across the country. We have thirty-five meetups that meet, uh, and we just started a second one in Canada. So it's really neat to see this like movement happening. And then the movement is just really empowering women to live financially free and balanced life. I never, I've always been in, like so drawn to supporting women in different capacities of my life. Like I said, twenty years ago, I wrote this business plan. And now the more I hear and the more I learn, it just it just adds more fuel to the fire of women outliving men and women sometimes not always being um, well-equipped when it comes to investing or they don't know what to do um, or they rely on their spouses to do it for them. I think that's shifting. I think that's changing. It's changing a lot. I think we do have a lot to overcome there. So it's neat. It's really cool. I don't feel like it's just a business. I feel like I'm part of this like neat movement to like empower my like the daughters and you know, girls and boys, you know, just creating this space of support and safe space for women. Um, and women do appreciate it because we were we told that and I see it. So, so that's, that's where, where that's, where that's at. Yeah. I mean, it's super clear how passionate you are about it, you know, and how excited you get for helping and empowering others out there. What do you think you've gained most from this? I know, obviously, you know, that wasn't the point was not necessarily to get anything back, but, you know, obviously, what do you think that you've gained by starting this and launching this and maybe learned even maybe about yourself or, you know, just kind of that, I love that term balance in life in general. You know, what I, what I think I've learned or I continue to learn is I mean, I just continue to be like my better self. So when you're leading a group, um, and and you know, Jess and I've been really intentional. We're, we're not like we're like these gurus that people like are going to just learn from our boot camps. Like, no offense, that's just not the space we wanted to create. Not that I don't have a lot to share, or not that Andressa has a lot to share. And we do teach on the topics that we know most about. 
I'm not going to talk about Airbnb. Why would you want me to talk? I'm learning about Airbnb, but I'm not going to teach you about Airbnb. Who am I to teach? Like, So we don't teach on things we don't know as much about. And we wanted to create this like really cool community that women can share. And we have this like neat, all, you know, all women like in a circle, visual circle versus like us here and everyone's out there. That's not the community we've built or are building. So what I've learned is um, how much I love helping people. I think I always have. Uh, when I think about corporate and I think about real estate and I think about my youth, like I feel like I'm, I, I put all my passions together in one and this is like the perfect place I'm, I'm in. You know, I get very like, I could do this all the time. So, and I have young kids and I have a husband and, and I have a lot of hats I want to wear. So our mission is all about creating big things for yourself, but doing it in a way that you don't kill yourself. And when I was working at corporate, I didn't have kids. Like my, we worked 24 hours a day. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. We're married. You know, sometimes we'd have those funny days where you don't really, you forget you're married. And I'm like, I'm in my forties now. Like that's, I, I'm not, that's, that's something I have to graduate into where I'm, I'm really living a balanced life. Two days a week, I'm with my daughter. She's three. She's not going to be three forever. And in three days, I'm all in on what we're doing. There's mornings I work sometimes. There are evenings. This weekend, I recorded a bunch of content because, you know, you 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 do things which, with what you need to do. But I'm living out our, I when I'm not living out our mission, I'm really mindful of it. And I share that. And I'm like, okay, this is how I course correct. So I feel like like leading this community, I'm getting so much benefit, right? Because I'm I'm trying to show up as best as I can. I can't be someone who's not honoring what we're doing. Um, and I'd be a really bad teacher if that was the case. I'm not perfect. I'm far from perfect. Um, but I'm I'm mindful of it. And I'm like, okay, I can get better with this. Or I got to start speaking my truth more. Whatever stuff I'm working on as a leader and as a person. Um, I share that. I talk about it. I'm as transparent as I can. So I don't know. If I didn't have this, I don't know if I would be that way. Right? Because I'd be living my life kind of just like going about it and I'm not beholden to anyone. I behold my family, but I'm I'm beholden to a community, right? So I need to not be perfect, but I need to show up for them. So that's really, I didn't think that was even going to happen. Honestly, I didn't think, I knew this would be helpful for women. I didn't know we were going to grow as fast as we did. And as we were really being, you know, very well received and building a really powerful brand. I wanted to, I didn't know it would, you know, it'd be as needed as it is. That's the other learning. So yeah, well, I'm. I mean, obviously, so happy for you. I mean, it just again, it shows how passionate and and proud of the community that you're building, and excited to see where it goes. You know, into the future, and the fact that you know that you're so honest and transparent. I think that that probably makes the community even stronger, right? You're not just, hey, you know, I've got this god complex where you know, hey, I'm infallible or anything yeah. of that sort. The fact that you're you're willing to be that open and honest and transparent is tremendous. So you mentioned the women that are in the program, you said, you know, even if you're just kind of starting off looking mm-hmm. to learn about investing all the way up to somebody that may be financially free and looking yep. to diversify, you know, their, their wealth or whatever the case is. So what would your recommendation be for women that were looking to get more involved or learn more about the community? Yeah, no, absolutely. They can um, like where to go or what yeah, where they can yeah. check us out. Sure. Um, yeah. So our website's a good place to start. It's the real estate invest her H-E-R. We're quite active on Facebook. It's a free community. Uh, the meetups are free, our podcasts. So, you know, we really are committed to just, I do a run with Liz at once a week. I share like a, a video that's helpful and a tip. Um, we're always putting content out there. 
Um, and then obviously we have an ongoing membership that that women can join if that works for them and is, and is part of what they need to be held accountable and, you know, a little more feet to the fire. You know, they want to make things happen. But yeah, our website supply, best place to go. And then they can kind of go from uh, from there from terms of like local meetups. A lot of them are virtual right now. But, um, you know, women are meeting and, and they're getting together and they're networking and they're you know, you don't have to wait to network. It just might look a little different right now. And then a lot of some of our other meetups that, you know, can meet and are able to meet legally and all the, not legally, but with all the constraints are doing it in the right way too. So I know we'll move through this, but yeah, our meetups are growing and and still, uh, you could still join one. So yeah, the website's the best place to go. And we're active on Instagram too. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, um, the last thing I wanted to touch upon kind of back to all this, you know, helping yeah. others and being bigger than yourself is, you know, you guys do that through DeRosa as well, right? Yeah. You guys look to build communities. I know you guys do donating and, and partner with different nonprofits and stuff. So can you just dive in a little bit to, to what you guys do from a business sure. perspective to help not only those within the apartment communities, but obviously, you know, some of the other larger programs that you're involved with as well? Yeah, sure, sure. So, um, you know, when we started, I was the social worker, right? So that was my background. So I, you know, Matt, we were both like, okay, if we're going to invest somewhere, we really want to um, make make a difference as much as we can. And so we didn't know what that meant or looked like. But so when we started, um, you know, we got started quite a bit in Trenton, New Jersey, which, which we still have, you know, properties there and, you know, half hour from our house, still, you know, kind of our core. And, you know, Trenton, just like a lot of the, the urban communities, especially in New Jersey, uh, are growing, developing, figuring themselves out, and that was what twelve years ago. So, so we always kind of said, let's 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 do something that we don't just you know buy property, but we're actually trying to you know help help the community as well. So we did that in a few different ways, you know, early on or throughout the years, like you know from renovating you know shells where you know no one's living there and not good things are happening there, if you know what I mean, to, you know, creating, creating life on a block. Um, right now we're, we have three properties. Um, yeah. Two properties soon to be a third that will all be kind of renovated and, um, loft style apartments and then commercial on the first floor. So you're not just bringing properties back, right? You bring businesses, one project in particular, and then I'll get to some of the give back things, but one property in particular was a, um, commercial building. It's the only commercial building we own in 15 years. We've owned mixed use, but this is a commercial property that um, we then, because of 2008, we had to split up into a lot of different offices because no one wanted a 10,000 square foot building. So, uh, nor I'm sure now, would anyone want that? So we ended up creating like a small business center, if you will, um, in that building where, you know, small businesses can kind of rent space the give back portion was that we started to do like networking events and community building. And it was just really, this really neat, even now with COVID, obviously that's decreased a little bit, but overall the buildings always had a really nice community feel to it. And so that's a part of give back, right? That's part of, we're not necessarily monetizing that. That's just something that I think as you buy property and you own real estate, there's always a way to do something good with what you're doing in terms of like it's highest and best use. I know that's not tangible, but it can be. So uh, we have a partnership with a church across the street where people park there. And for that, people, our tenants uh, donate time. And so, you know, you're trying to create these win-wins in communities. And um, and then the other thing that we've done um, and that we're growing more into is, um, you know, kind of giving back, obviously, in our local community. 
Um, so there's a few foundations that we've given money to. With COVID, it's been a little harder to actually give time and talent and all the other things that you can give. So we've been giving uh, monetarily. Uh, but, but you know, in, as things shift, especially with the pandemic, uh, we'd love to get back to do, doing giving more of the time and energy to our local our local community. Um, but yeah, it's something that's really important to us. Um, and, you know, we all can get better with that because sometimes time gets a little crunched. But um, the idea of giving to the community that you're a part of um, is important. And we all kind of need to keep an eye on that to make sure we're doing that, even in the way that you can do it, you know, and, and that sometimes means even if it's a percent, right, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, a million dollars. It could be the percent that you're comfortable with and, and you know, in your own right, Um one of our five years goals, one of our five year goals, I put it on my vision board is to actually give a property away. You know, I don't know what that looks like, but I'd love to, we'd love to just give a property, like donate a property. I'm not sure what that looks like yet, but um, that's cool. That's, it's even better than like, you know, giving a check. It's like, you're giving a property and maybe to um, probably be woman focused just because of my passion is there, but we'll see. Um, so yeah, that's just a long and short of it. But I think we're continually looking at ways like how do you, how do you help the community that you're investing in? And that can look very differently, but right now that's uh, two different areas for us. I just love how it's gone 360 from, you know, from the seven, seven year old to talking in the mirror to, you know, to the social worker, to, to what you guys are doing now with your business. And, you know, it all stems from help and the real estate investor, you know, it all stems from helping people and building a stronger community. Cause I think that's the point you made that's so tremendous is the community, you know, we've all realized how powerful mental health is to your physical, you know, to your, to your physical body and, you know, how your mind can deteriorate if you start thinking negative thoughts continuously. Yeah. And so I just think those things are so important. Obviously financially is a big por- por- portion of that, but the fact that you guys are investing in the community so that these people feel more of involved and, you know, a bigger part of something, I think it's just so cool. So I just, I think, I think that's so awesome. I really respect and, and appreciate hearing that. Thank you. Yeah, no, and it's uh, it, it's something people could do on whatever level works for them. I think, and I I think that's always important. Like we don't have to like take on the whole world. Like we literally could say, what can I do? Even in this property that I'm I'm buying and renovating, what can I do to just make this area a little bit better? I think it's really that simple. One, well, you've mentioned it multiple times through the conversation, but the balance, right? So you're not just swinging one way. Hey, I'm going to donate millions of dollars, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to yeah. do that, or I'm going to you know donate you know, I'm going to volunteer every day for a month or something, right? So it's finding the way so that you have the balance of business, entrepreneurship, family, marriage, giving back, you know, I I think it's just powerful that, you know, you're not focusing on all these things. You're working to make sure that it it's a structured environment so that you are the best person you can be in the world is, is better for it because of of who you're able to, to make yourself. I'd say this too, for folks who have kids, if you don't mind, the, the power of then being able to translate that to kids is really important. Because the giving back was always something that was taught to me as a kid, but the importance of like investing right back when I was a kid, I don't remember that as much. And and that's okay. That wasn't, you know, we all can give what we can as parents. So every time my son gets money, he does four things with it. He saves a percent. He invests, he's not investing, but he's putting money into an investment account, you know, so to speak. He gives a percent and then he spends a certain amount, those four things. And the give part um, he had money from, from the holidays. And I, and he said, and I said, we're going to find a, um, an organization that you can give that money to. And I've literally been cash in my pocket for a while. I'm like, I gotta get this. I gotta do something with this. I'm literally just going to spend it if that doesn't. And I don't want that to happen, you know? So my new thought is like, I got to go give this kid an experience. So this week 
one day after school, before I get my daughter, uh, we're going to go to the food store. We're going to take that money and he's going to physically go get food. And then we're going to physically bring it to a food bank. I'm like, I'm not going to donate this money online. So my son has no experience of this. Like that, he just knows he could give money online. That's what he's going to learn. No, we're going to go physically go get food, go to the grocery store, put our masks on, you know? And I think that's so important. That's more important to me now than anything is showing my kids the importance of giving. Because if you don't watch, you know, they just think things just, you know, money just grows on trees. And, you know, that's not the case, right? So, and we have to give to others, but you have to give kids experiences, just like adults. So, um, yeah, I'm going to do that this week. And I'm like, no, one afternoon, that's what we're doing. Nothing else is important that day except us going to the, like, you know, I want to put sometimes a gun to my head if I take my son to the grocery store, because all I want to do is buy like 19 million things, you know, so I got to brace myself, but it's important, right? To show them like the physical, go get it and then go bring it somewhere. Now it would be ideal if he meets the people that are getting the food. That's a little tougher now with COVID and everything, but that's okay. That would be awesome eventually that he actually interacts with people. So it's real even more real, but this is a first step. So I give that to the, to the listeners. Cause it's like, you can, you can be helping people, but if you're not passing that along, that's the most important thing. That's powerful. I'm going to, I'm going to steal that, uh, the money thing when they get money, breaking it, segmenting it into all those different Weapons. areas. That's, yeah. that's so cool. We, we had, we had tried, that was really a goal of ours as a family starting last year was donating more time, right? You know, financial is great. And, and that's a big proponent or yeah. component of it. But, you know, at the end of the day, we want to make sure that we're showing them and actually doing that. And we had done really well. We had gotten three or four events in, we had done some food drives, we had done awesome. some lunch, you know, some sack lunches for some areas and they're getting to the age now where, you know, they can do it, you know, they're seven and four. So it wasn't like so young, but it was, you know, it yeah. wasn't a nuisance having them there. They weren't yeah. being crazy in front of everybody. And uh, it's actually funny. My wife this weekend, she's like, you know what, I really want to just do something. So they were actually sitting down and writing letters, uh, the three of them to, uh, to elderly people in hospice right now. Well, that's so that, a great idea. That was pretty, that was pretty cool. She, I'll have to, I'll throw the, I'll, I'll send you the the note the the title of the the organization she was working with, but oh, it was, it was I, just so cute. Hearing hearing the kids tell about the stories, they're like, "Oh, my dog just did this," or at school, "This is my best friend," and just I could imagine the you know them lighting up kind of if, if they were either reading them or having them read to them. So it was oh, a I love cool that. Idea. I seriously would love to see what organization because yeah, there's that's so so powerful is the act of it right because then they get that they get connected to it. I love that. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So, all right, well, let's, uh, let's wrap up with the contrarian three pack. So, um, what would you say is the most contrarian investment you guys have made in your, in your investing? Which would, which would speak to what, like what, what was that? The just, I mean, I guess I kind of deem contrarian as just anything that's like different. I mean, you talked about doing Airbnbs now or just anything that's a little bit off the beaten path, you know, that's kind of not the norm. We, um, we got involved with a project that is a uh, winery is a is a resort slash winery in in new jersey um and so grateful that we did but it was it was not the you know multi-family norm for us um and my husband raised some money and and, and i helped as well and um that's been a phenomenal turnaround so to see like how you turn things around but on a resort and like resort kind of space has been fascinating and it's been Super cool. And I'm really grateful. I, I actually, at first we were like, we weren't sure if we we're going to get involved because we wanted to stay focused, right? Focus, focus, focus. So, um, but we did and it, it made sense and I'm so grateful for that. So yeah, that was a little, little different, but I love being part of that project. It's called Renault Winery and Resort. It's in Egg Harbor, New Jersey. It's a wonderful, wonderful place. 
Well, it makes it interesting, right? The spice of life, right? The diversity. So, you know, it's, it's yeah. great to do the multifamily, you know, day in and day out, but it's nice to mix it up a little bit and do something Absolutely. that, you know, that's a little bit fun and, and out of the, out of the norm. Yeah. Um, so what's your favorite activity outside of the real estate investor business, DeRosa? What's your favorite mm. activity to do with friends and family? Friends and family, besides going on Zoom and saying hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'd say, you know, I love, um, you know, I, I love like dinner parties. You know, I miss that, you know, where you can get family together and just enjoy each other, like birthdays and things. But um, we have been hiking so much. So even just our core family, uh, it's rare that, you know, a weekend goes by and we haven't taken a walk outside as a family or gone on a hike. We live by the water here in Pennsylvania and grateful to just go out on the towpath and just walk. So we've, we've taken a lot of hikes. Yesterday we took a hike. It was cold. Took the kids, you know, and just said, we're going for a hike, you know, like, I think it's more that we need it than they do, but you know, they had fun and we had fun. So that's something I love doing. I go for runs with my friend. I love being outside. We both love being outside. So I love doing that as much as I can, especially now it's a great place to be out, you know, to be with everything happening in the world. Um, but yeah, being outside and, you know, spending time and enjoying each other's company is, I do miss that with, with extended family and friends. So look, looking forward to getting back to some of that, but yeah, being outside is, I'd say, would critical right now for me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, soon enough with the friends and family, you know, hopefully, hopefully we're only a few months away from, you know, things at least turning a little bit more normal. But a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We love the hiking too. And I just think, especially now, because we have all these technical stimulants constantly coming at us, wow. be it cell phone, tablet, yeah. you know, whatever, internet, you know, everywhere we've got it. And so I think that's one of the most powerful things about going hiking with the families, because you've really just got to focus on each other. You can have conversations that you may not have had you know, just sitting at home, uh, sitting around the, the TV Huge. or whatever you were doing. So no, I think that's a really powerful thing to do, do with your yeah. family as well. I just leave my phone in the car. That's my new thing is I just turn my phone off or I leave it in the car. I'm like, I don't know where my phone is, you know, because if they not, can, I'm going to yeah, look at it. need me, they'll right? find me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, um, I know you touched on this one a lot throughout, but what, what does offer you the most fulfillment in life? I think just continually being true to myself and being my, like really mindful in the morning and setting my day up for success. And I like to meditate. I don't, I haven't missed a day like in 30 days, which is big for me, which I'm really proud of and praying and exercising and just getting my head on straight journaling things that I, you know, did, but I never did it consistently. Like doing that consistently sets me up for whatever the day is going to present. And I'm sure, you know, not every day I'm, I'm calm and peaceful, but I work towards that. And, uh, you know, having, having a vision too. I have like a vision board as my backdrop. You know, we put our little vision board with together and I had my son do it this year. Who's seven. I'm really proud of that. He's got like a little vision board, put a lot of Ninjago Lego sets on there, but regardless, you know, just to get into that space of, of, you know, vision. So having a vision and having quiet time in the morning, you know, sets me up for like, okay, what do I want my life to look like? Not that it always looks like that, but at least what am I, what am I intending for in general in my life? And it just, the more you do that, the more things will look like that, you know, or at least when it's off, you know, you can get right back on track because you know where you're headed and where you're going. Cause things aren't always perfect and you get frustrated and you have bad days. It just happens to everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this is, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I'm really glad you were able to join me, Liz. So, uh, so what's the, I know you talked about real estate investor a little bit earlier, but what's the best way the audience and folks out there can get in touch with you? Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, the, the women listening want to learn more about what we're up to in our community. Please check us out, therealestateinvesther.com. Uh, for those, you know, for those um, listening that are potentially passive investors or just even active investors that 
want to learn more about what we're actually up to in our kind of day-to-day real estate investing um, world, which we're constantly buying our, you know, and growing our kind of acquisitions and multifamily, you can check out our projects at derosagroup.com. That's where our kind of our active investing projects are. So those are the two places to check out what, what we're up to. Awesome. Well, Liz, excited to see where you take real estate investor from, you know, through now and, and, and moving forward. And obviously what you guys start acquiring further on into Rosa as well. So thanks again for the time. John, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Until next time, live fulfilled. Thank you for listening to Contrarian Cashflow. I would greatly appreciate it if you left an honest review, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode, and share with someone you feel would find value. Until next time, think different, earn different, live fulfilled.